Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys week four tight end rankings for fantasy football in 2020. In today's video, we are going to be touching upon tight ends one through 20 in my rankings for week four, and talk about why I have them ranked where I do for week number four based upon their matchup. So before I get into the video, I'd like to give you guys a word from my friends at OverlayDFS.com. OverlayDFS.com is my favorite place to play daily fantasy football. Now, why is that, Nick? It's because it is the easiest place to play and the simplest. All it is is one player versus another player, plus or minus the spread. Now, some games don't have a spread. Other games do have a spread. It's very simple. Which player scores more fantasy points, plus or minus the spread? For instance here, we have Ezekiel Elliott versus Nick Chubb. Who scores more fantasy points? Ezekiel Elliott minus three points or Nick Chubb plus three fantasy points? It's so simple that anyone can do it. It's so easy. You guys do all this research to win your weekly matchups in fantasy football. So why not make some additional cash on OverlayDFS.com? Make sure you guys check that out. Link down below in the description. And we are back. If at any point inside of this video, you guys end up having a great time, you guys end up enjoying, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. I put out daily content to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Week 4 tight end rankings. We begin here with tight ends 1 through 12. And number 1, we have Travis Kelsey going up against the new... England deflatriates. Now, I do understand that Bill Belichick is a fucking genius, but that New England defense isn't the the defense that it has been in years prior. Travis Kelsey has been looking good every single week, and with Patrick Mahomes, I just feel like he's a safe bet to be the number one tight end on this given week in week number four. Number two, we have Marky Mark Andrews at the Washington football team. Now, Mark Andrews has been a disappointment the last two games. Week one, this guy took a dump all over that Cleveland Browns chest. He gave him a good old Cleveland steamer. And in the last two weeks, he has been putting up straight up duds in your lineup, just not looking all that good. But this week up against the Washington football team, I expect a humongous bounce back from Mark Andrews here up against the Washington football team in Washington. At number three, we have Tyler Higbee going up against the New York football giants. Higby has been looking fantastic in the last couple of games, and the Rams have been rolling. They were down 28-3 up against the Buffalo Bills, ended up coming back, obviously losing the game, but still a solid affair out of the LA Rams, and here up against the New York football Giants, a defense that could not stop you if you were the fucking tight end of the LA Rams. I expect him to have a very big game here up against the Giants. And number four, we have Kittle, George Kittle, me Timbers, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, George Kittle has missed the past two games, but now the reports are he is going to play up against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to go ahead and believe that he is going to suit up here. Now, there is obvious downsides with George Kittle. For instance, he does not have his main quarterback, Jimmy Guap, Jimmy G, Jimmy GQ to throw him the ball. But that's really the only downside. He's playing up against the Philadelphia Eagles. That defense, not very good. George Kittle, this just in, very good at tight end. And the wide receiver core there is beat to shred. So it seems like George Kittle could be in for a very productive game here with a whole lot of targets. I just do worry that he is still a little bit banged up. At number five, we have Zach Ertz going up against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. And the same thing can kind of be said for Zach Ertz. Besides maybe the fact that, you know, George Kittle was injured, Zach Ertz was not injured, the team injured around him, and the quarterback, while they haven't changed from their normal quarterback to a second quarterback, Carson Wentz has not looked good at all for the first three weeks of the season. He has not looked like the Carson Wentz of the past that could have been the MVP of the league. He just has not looked like that, but he, what he does look for is the tight end in Zach Ertz with Dallas Godert out for multiple weeks. It seems like Zach Ertz is going to get a nice 
hefty bag of fucking work in this game up against the San Francisco 49ers. At number six, we have Darren Waller going up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I do understand up against the New England Patriots, Darren Waller was absolutely locked down and did absolutely nothing. Now, that's because he was playing up against Bill Belichick and here up against the Buffalo Bills. While they do have a solid defense, the Buffalo Bills were susceptible last week to Tyler Higbee playing pretty well. So, I think that Darren Waller will still be able to put up a solid game here as tight end number six. Number seven, we have Hunter Henry going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Now, Hunter Henry hasn't been the greatest thing since sliced bread recently, but he hasn't been shit, so he kind of just deserves his spot here at number seven. I don't expect some humongous top five game out of Hunter Henry against Tampa Bay, but I don't expect him to really shit the bed and finish outside of the top 12. That's why I got him here at number seven. At number eight, we probably have the most high-risk, high-reward tight end here at number eight, and that is TJ Hawkin. God! Going up against the New Orleans Saints. Now, TJ Hawkinson has shown nothing since last season to prove me to want to start him, but this matchup up against the New Orleans Saints is juicy like Juicy J, the goddamn rapper. The New Orleans Saints defense is getting stabbed like OJ Simpson's wife on a weekly basis all the goddamn time. The New Orleans Saints defense just sucks absolute wee-wee up against the tight end. They just cannot do anything, and while TJ Hawkinson has completely bent you over and raw-dogged you over the table, you cannot worry about that. The matchup is a little too juicy here, but obviously it is a risk because he hasn't done shit all season. At number 9, we have my guy Hayden Hurst going up against the Green Bay Packers on Monday night in Lambeau Field. I love Hayden Hurst here in this spot. Julio Jones seems to be kind of a game Game time-ish decision. I don't know if we'll know about Julio Jones until Monday. So with Hayden Hurst, it seems like this guy is in a perfect situation here to be in another high-scoring game. Even if the Falcons are falling behind, they're going to have to throw back into this game up against the Green Bay Packers. And Hayden Hurst has been very involved in the end zone, so I like him here again this week at tight end number 9. At number 10, we have Mike Licky Amagasicki uh, going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Mike Gesicki has played well the last two games. Last week, obviously, did not prove to be up to my expectations, but he did end up scoring a tutty, so that ended up boosting up his point total, and here up against the Seattle Seahawks, we could see a back-and-forth affair here. The Miami Dolphins are not just going to bend over and take one in the ass here. They are going to try to fight their way back into this game with the pass-heavy attack, and in the red zone, when Ryan Fitzpatrick gets the team there, he looks for one man and one man only, and that's big man Mike Licky on my Gesicki, so I like him here at number 10. Don't see a tremendous game here, but it could be because the Seattle Seahawks defense does not look very good. At number 11, we have Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Cleveland Browns. Now, Dalton Schultz is a guy that pretty much was a no-name fucking player, in my opinion at least, until they ended up having their starting tight end get hurt, whose name completely has escaped me right now because the guy didn't do anything, got hurt week one. Obviously a sad time for him because a lot of people were bought into that guy. But now, Dak Prescott is throwing the ball to this Dalton Schultz bastard all game long. And up against the Cleveland Browns, this is a very sneaky matchup for a tight end to go absolutely crazy at number 11. So, at number 12, we got Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham has not looked like the Jimmy Graham of the New Orleans Saints in the most recent years. But with 9-inch Nick Foles here up against the Indianapolis Colts, Jimmy Graham looked to be very involved last week up against the Indianapolis Colts. I expect nothing. Thing, but the same thing here up against the Colts. Last week, he was playing up against the Atlanta Falcons, I should say. I think I said the Colts twice in a row. But with that said, Jimmy Graham, definitely a guy that 9-inch Nick Foles looks for in the red zone. He loves that tight end with his monster fucking wang that Nick Foles has. And I think that Jimmy Graham may end up finishing this season as like a top 15, top 12 tight end even 
if Nine Inch Nick Foles is starting at the quarterback position since that offense just looks so much better under Nick Foles. I don't even think Nick Foles is necessarily a fucking way better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. It's just he gets the team fired up in a way that Mitch Trubisky just simply cannot make that team. Now on to tight ends 13 through 20. So again, if you guys have ended up enjoying thus far, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. At number 13, we have Easy e Evan Ingram going up against the LA Rams. Now, this whole Giants offense has offended me this season, and not in a way that I'm just disappointed. I'm just very disappointed. I'm like a dad after you did something wrong, but he's not mad. He's just fucking disappointed, and that's how I feel about Evan Ingram. Now, my worry about Evan Ingram coming into the season was that the guy just cannot stay healthy. He loves to hide in that blue tent on the side of the field, but he hasn't dealt with injury. It's just the fact that this Giants offense sucks some fat wiener here, and Evan Ingram has not been playing all that well himself. It's not even really the Giants offense's fault. Daniel Jones will put the ball right in the bread basket for Evan Ingram and the guy just ends up fumbling the fucking bag so Evan Ingram has not been all that good but I do expect him when he gets his confidence up to look much better at tight end number 13 and number 14 we have Drew Locke going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars and by Drew Locke I mean Drew Sample of the Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow plain and simple plain and sample likes to throw the ball to the tight end here and Drew Sample has been playing quite well the Jacksonville defense is awful at guarding the wide receiver they're awful at guarding the running back they're awful at guarding the tight end they're awful at guarding the quarterback so that means that Drew Sample would be worthy of a start this week. I got him at tight end 14, but definitely has sneaky top 12 potential. I'd honestly prefer to start him over Evan Ingram, but then again, Evan Ingram on a weekly basis just has that ceiling where you can see him just being a top 5 tight end on any given week due to the fact that this guy's a freak fucking athlete and is a very talented player. Number 15, we have LT, and we're not talking LaDainian Thomason. We're not talking Lawrence Taylor. We're talking my main man, Logan Thomas of the Washington football team going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this matchup is unoptimal. This matchup matchup sucks absolute ass because the Baltimore Ravens are pretty good normally at stopping the tight end. Now, that wasn't very true last week up against the Kansas City Chiefs. With that said, obviously, Logan Thomas isn't the greatest fucking tight end to ever live, but he will be serviceable this week up against the Baltimore Ravens. But then again here, once it gets to the back here, I'd say probably after top 12 tight ends, it kind of becomes a shit show where you're really just throwing a fucking dart straight at the wall and hoping that they hit. But Logan Thomas has been relatively safe the last couple of weeks. And number 16, we have Mo Money, Mo Cox, Mo Alley Cox going up against the man with the big cock, Chicago Bears and Nick Foles. Now, Mo Alley Cox has been playing very well the last couple of weeks. Philip Rivers loves to throw the ball to that tight end. I make this joke every time I talk about it, but that's why Philip Rivers has 17,000 fucking kids because he loves that tight end. And with Jack Doyle still seeming kind of limited the last couple of weeks, now I expect him to play more in this game, which could hurt my main man Cox. But at the end of the day, he's looked so good the last couple of weeks. I see no reason to have him outside of the top 20. Definitely a whole lot of upside out of Mo Money, Mo Cox. Number 17, we have Robert Tanyan going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now I'm starting to kind of like this guy. Seems like he's the main target for A.A. Ron Rodgers out of that tight end group that is a bunch of guys, including Jay Sternberger as well as a another tight end up against the Atlanta Falcons. This is a dirty bird of a matchup, a very juicy one here. And I would not be surprised if Tanyan had a good game, but obviously the risk baked in with Tanyan is the fact that they have a zillion tight ends on that roster. At number 18, we have the hoop god, Austin Hooper going up against the Dallas Cowboys. 
Austin Hooper has done the complete and utter Uno reverse card of his last season in the NFL. Last year, he was on the Atlanta Falcons getting a zillion targets. You want to know why? Because Dirk Cutter jerks off to the tight end position and loves to throw the ball to the tight end. In the Browns, they want to do the exact opposite. They want to run the fucking ball, and they want Austin Hooper to body some motherfucker to block for the running back. So going up against the Dallas Cowboys here, this is a good matchup, but Austin Hooper has not done jack of all shit to prove to me why he's worthy of a start. He's honestly cuttable at this point. At number 19, we have Jordan Ash. Atkins going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Atkins does have another tight end there with him that does end up kind of eating into his workload, but I think this matchup up against the Vikings is pretty good for him to potentially be a top 20 guy on the week. And at number 20, final guy, we got drop my drawers and let us see my third leg. Third leg, Greg Olson going up against my Miami Dolphins. Now, third leg, Greg did make a fatal mistake a few, might have been last week or the week before, where the ball hit him straight in the fucking hands. The thing flew back and resulted in Russ's first First INT of the season, but at the end of the day, third leg Greg is a very safe piece of a very, very good offense in the NFL. So just with like a lot of these guys here, especially Atkins, Hooper, Tanyan kind of, and Greg Olson, they're all very dependent on the touchdown, and if third leg Greg does not end up finding the end zone, he might end up giving you his third leg straight up your ass and screwing over your fantasy team. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If at any point you ended up enjoying, you ended up having a great time, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. I hope that you enjoyed. Check out OverlayDFS.com, link down below in the description, and I'll see you motherfuckers later with another banger of a video. Goodbye!